The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought, every wrinkle, every spot will be in view. Before the one who knows all things, the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, you know the one you never knew. While you have breath, you have a choice to make in life. Turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him from the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm All creation shakes at the mention of his name He has power over life and death Every knee will bow and tongue confess Heaven and earth will proclaim That Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father Will you bow, will you surrender To His majesty He can save you from the might of all your sin the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life turn away from your sin and believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm While you have breath 
You have a choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm You can have a very rich intellectual life. Yea, you can have a very a very rich religious self-life. And yet still you are not able to enter into the kingdom of God. Man does not enter the kingdom of God by his own will or his own power. It is a miracle of grace. It is the Holy Spirit interceding for you. It is being circumcised by Jesus Christ. Today is a day of prayer. I invite you to call and pray with the awareness that we need the Holy Spirit to pray in us and through us. I want to share just a very brief part from the book Reese Howell's Intercessor by Norman Grubb, speaking about the Holy Spirit and his work of intercession, which, by the way, Every Christian is called to engage in, at some level, this work of interceding for the lost and the dying. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. This one, that is the Holy Spirit, is the only present intercessor on earth. He has no hearts upon which he can lay his burdens and no bodies through which he can suffer and work except the hearts and bodies of those who become his dwelling place. Through them he does his intercessory work on earth and they become intercessors by reason of the intercessor within them. It is real life to which he calls them, the kind of life in lesser measure which the Spirit, the Savior, Jesus himself, lived on earth. But before he can lead a chosen vessel into such a life of intercession, he first has to deal to the bottom with all that is natural, 
love of money, personal ambition, natural affection for parents and loved ones, the appetites of the body, the love of life itself, and all that makes even a converted man live unto himself. For his own comfort or advantage, for his own advancement, even for his own circle of friends, this all has to go to the cross. It is no theoretical death, but a real crucifixion with Christ Jesus, such as only the Holy Spirit himself can make actual in the experience of his servant, both as a crisis and a process. Paul's testimony must be made ours. He wrote, I have been and still am crucified with Christ. The self must be released from itself to become the agent of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. As crucifixion proceeds, intercession begins. By inner burdens, by calls to outward obedience, and the Spirit begins to live his own life of love and sacrifice for a lost world through his cleansed channel. I'll share more later. But that sets the tone for how I urge you to pray today. We need to take up the burden of intercession for his church. For the church today in America is largely apostate. And that must change. We need the Holy Spirit to come and put his spirit within us and give us the words to pray. But first, all of these things of the flesh, love of money, personal ambition, natural affection for parents and loved ones, the appetites of the body, the love of life itself, all of these things are going to have to go to the cross. The idols must be removed. Even the idols that we consider to be sacred, they have to go. If you're going to have power in prayer, you're going to have to submit to the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to have to pray what he gives you, not little childish prayers, but prayers of import, prayers of weight. And it's necessary for us to become very weighty in the spirit of the living God. So we come to pray today. You're welcome to call and pray. The phone number here in studio is 877-534-0780. 
Again, that number, 877-534-0780. Lord, we come to pray today. Our Lord Jesus, I have through the years prayed much too casually before you without understanding that you do answer prayer. Today I know that prayer is most important before you, and I imagine the angels of heaven would say to you, Jesus, why do your people not understand that you will hear and answer their prayers? I know, Jesus, your people's sin stands before you and between you and their heart. And I know that all these things of uncleanness, these idols, have to be removed. I know that's why the Apostle John wrote in, in 1 John, the last sentence, Watch out for idols. Lord, I pray today that as we come to cry out before you, that your people will submit to the cleansing power of your blood, Jesus. We declare your blood over your church, and we ask that you would cast down all foolishness, all entertainment, everything that is of the flesh in your church, would you cut it down? Would you remove it? And would you turn the heart of your people to seek your face, to repent, to hunger after you, Jesus, to not be satisfied with their self-life of intelligent understanding of the doctrines and the theology. Lord, that's not enough. Lord, would you change what's happening today in your church and turn the heart of your people toward heaven. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. The phone lines are all open. They're waiting for you. You're welcome to call. 877-534-0780. Shenandoah, do we have any callers yet? Not yet. Okay, the phone lines are wide open. And we're waiting for you to call. It's your turn. And I pray God's blessing as you call. 877-534-0780. You have a caller. We have a caller. Please, let's take that caller now. Yes, hello, hello. Welcome. Please pray. Father, I enter your deeds with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. I thank you, Father, and I praise your holy name. Pastor, am I echoing? I hear my voice echoing. Uh, There isn't anything I can do about that today, so please 
Just ignore it and pray. Okay. Okay. I enter your day, Father, with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. I thank you, Father, and I praise your holy name. I pray for the household of faith, the martyrs in Yahweh, the missionaries, the pastors, pastors mainly. I pray for his health and that he continue to spread the gospel with boldness. I pray for those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, those who are going to be. I pray that we hate what you hate and love what you love, that you change our desires to be your desires, that we come to the end of ourselves, that we be malleable in your hands, that we come out from instant gratification and seek to live holy, right, pure, and just before you. I pray that we can differentiate between good and evil and truth and lies, that we seek to want to live holy, right, pure, and just before you. Father, I lift up your holy name. I worship you. I praise you. I minister to you. I bless you. In Ecclesiastes 10.2, your word says, Father, that the heart of the wise inclines to the right, but the heart of a fool to the left. And in your word, when you got the, your people out from Egypt, you told them to worship you and not turn to idols. All through the Bible, your people turned to idols, and you sent in people to steal, rape, pillage, and that is what's happening today with America because we have turned from you. And those on the right, the righteous, I want you, please, to take the scales off their eyes for us to stop blaming the wicked for what they're doing. They're doing what they do normally to, for them, and they will be punished. Your word says so. Um, we need to stop blaming them and repent of our sin. I'm sick of hearing all the time of people blaming them. This is happening because of what we have done, and I am so terribly sorry. I'm sick in my heart, and I'm hurt, and I repent of my sin. I deserve to go to hell. I've broken every commandment, and I thank you for receiving me. And those that love you, I plead the blood of Yahshua, Jesus, over us. I pray you take the scales off our eyes so we can see you the way you want us to see you, to live how you want us to live, to do what you want us to do. I pray you give us a strong hunger for your word, a desire to want to know you more, to fear you, and to live holy, right, and pure. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you, Sister. God bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Shenandoah. Are you there, Shenandoah? Yes. Uh, Are you hearing the echo? Yes. The echo's going over the air. And the echo's going over the air? Yes. Shall we continue with the prayer time, or shall we 
It's your call, but uh, it doesn't sound good on the air. Okay. Uh, we're going to cancel our time of prayer today, and our technicians will have to work on this and see if we can get it turned around by next week. Uh, but thank you, those of you who have tried to call. Um this is a problem that we've got to get to the bottom of some way. So please pray for us. Brother Ed worked hard all week trying to get it turned around. And we still have not been able to. Uh, Shenandoah, is my voice sounding okay over the air? Yes, your voice is fine. Okay. Okay. Lord, I recognize today that all week long, we've struggled with technical problems. And Lord, that breaks my heart because the word cannot go out as it needs to because of these technical issues. So Lord, I ask that you would both show us how to, how to change this. And if it means buying new equipment, as it may very well mean, I ask that you would provide that money that we could buy a new board and yea, even a new computer if necessary. Lord, I know this has to be repaired, and I've not been able to find any technical people who know how to do it. So Lord, please, would you open the way that we could hold this prayer time each week and have it clear on the air? Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to go further with you today because we cannot continue our prayer time because of technical difficulties on air. So I want to share more with you on this question of, of total life change, of a total change in intercession that we could begin to understand what God is asking of us. We are in the last day church. And it is resting upon us to take up the challenge of crying out to God in prayer. I read from Reese Howells, the intercessor, page 83. Watch Moses, the young intercessor, leaving the place by free choice to identify himself with his slave brethren. See him accompanying them through the waste and howling wilderness. See him reach the very summit of intercession when the wrath of God was upon them for their idolatry and their destruction was imminent. It is not his body he now offers for them as intercessor, but his immortal soul. If thou wilt not forgive their sin, blot me out, I pray thee, out of the book. And he actually called this making an atonement for them. See the Apostle Paul, the greatest man of the new dispensation as Moses was of the old. For years his body through the Holy Spirit, is a living sacrifice that the Gentiles might have the gospel. 
Finally, his immortal soul is offered on the altar. The very one who was just rejoicing with the Romans that nothing could separate him from them from the love of God, Romans 8, says a moment later, the spirit bearing him witness that he could wish himself accursed or separated from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, Romans 9. This is intercession in action. This is intercession in action. When the Holy Spirit really lives in a person's life, that person becomes a chosen vessel and there is no limit to the extremes to which he will be taken in his passion to warn and save the lost. Isaiah That aristocrat had to go naked and barefoot for three years as a warning to Israel. We can hardly hardly credit such a thing. Hosea had to marry a harlot to show his people that the heavenly husband was willing to take back his adulterous bride, Israel. Jeremiah was not allowed to marry as a warning to Israel against the terrors and tragedies of captivity. Ezekiel was not allowed to shed one tear for the death of his wife, the desire of his eyes. So the list might be continued. Every greatly used instrument of God has been, in his measure, an intercessor. Wesley for backsliding England. Booth for the down and out. Hudson Taylor for China. C.T. Studd for the unevangelized world. And it makes me stop and say, are you willing to lay your life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to go to any extreme necessary of personal sacrifice to win the gospel for the lost, to bring it to them in such a way that they can hear and understand? Or where is your limit with God? Jesus went into that garden of Gethsemane. He did not want to die. He did not want to be separated from his father. And yet he was willing to go to the very end and finally cried out, Not my will, but your will. Oh God. And when he arose from that place of prayer, he went with joy in his heart and in his face to be whipped, spit upon, punched, and crucified. He laid his life down. you willing to lay your life down for your family for those you call friends are you willing to lose them if that's what it takes to confront them with their spiritual condition you see we've become so accustomed in america to living the good life 
that we don't want to say anything that will offend. Jesus said things that would offend. The Apostle Paul said things that would offend. John says things that will offend. The truth is Jesus Christ, and the cross is a serious offense to this world and its system. And if you are deep in the world as a religious person, as an intellectual Christian, then you don't want to separate from the world. You want the world to applaud you and say, what a wonderful person you are. I've lost many by my stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they tell me, no, pastor, you need to ease up a little. You're, you're, you're too tough. You're, you're, it's too harsh. Just back away a little. Give people some space. Don't, don't call them to lay their life down. Give them some time. The Holy Spirit is supposed to do this. Well, who do you think is moving in me and calling me to say these stern things to you and to call you out of darkness and call you to settle it with Jesus Christ? Who do you think is calling me to do that? It's the Holy Spirit moving in me. And if you're not going to listen to these stern words of of arrows of the Holy Spirit striking your heart, if you're going to brush those aside, how will the Holy Spirit ever speak to you? He uses men and women to speak to other men and women who are willing to speak prophetically into your life. And if you deny that, what hope is there for you? And I've watched through the years as people reach their limit with me, with this word that I speak, and they go back to their Santa Claus Jesus. They go back to their comfortable American life where their focus is on how much money they can make and how they can take care of their family and and how they can have the new car and the new truck and the new whatever, how they can live their life and be comfortable. I've watched as they walk away. And then, of course, castigate me, and that's okay. I don't mind. God has made my forehead like brass. I know I'm speaking the honest word of God to you. And I'm not going to turn back from that. Oh, I've made mistakes. We all make mistakes. Some of my mistakes have been very hurtful to others and serious. And I've had to go back and do all I can to make amends and repent. But my message has never changed or varied. It's just my own immaturity. I don't excuse it. I'm growing up. I praise God for those who are willing to walk with me, who are not willing to castigate and throw down and say, you're of no value. But it's okay, one way or the other. And many people that I speak with say, Pastor, I don't want to I don't want to move. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I want to 
a little semblance of a normal life. Doesn't Jesus want us to have a a happy life? Doesn't he put a happy fence around us? No, he puts a cross around us and says, be crucified with me. Give up your normal life. Give up your money. Give up your prestige and your power. Give up and surrender and be crucified with me, he says. Now I recognize that some people are particularly gifted in prayer. But every man and woman of Jesus Christ that he's going to use for the work of his gospel is going to have to be an intercessor. And they're going to have to be taken to the very bottom of their casual unbelief and their love of ease, their love of money, their love of being the man or the woman. They're going to have to get to the bottom of that And I've seen some people, oh, they've made such progress in Jesus. But then they finally come face to face with their pride. And they don't want to walk away from their pride and humble their hearts. They're confident, they're right. They have the intellectual understanding. They know, but they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, they say I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but the fruit is not there. The lost are not being saved. There's rebellion in their family. All I can say to you today is we are facing such a very serious time in America. I see what's coming. I see the Antichrist, the beast system, rising rapidly in America and in Europe and across the world. Everybody's so concerned about global warming. Okay, so they've sprayed their chemicals in the air now for years. Weather control. So now drought is striking the earth. You think we're going to have global warming? I can tell you now, yes, we are. It's going to be burning. France is burning. America is burning. We're going to see a great deal of heat as the world writhes and dries up. And huge migrations of people as they're forced to leave behind their homes, their properties, and escape to a part of the world where there is water to drink and water to bathe. We're facing a time unlike any time in the history of the world. And it is the final conclusion of the devil's program and plan as he makes people suffer. But it is also the final conclusion where Jesus is going to come and with a breath of his mouth, 
He is going to utterly destroy the devil and those who walk with him in evil, who have never been willing to die out to their own life. I'm very grateful to those of you who choose to walk with me and who have not walked away. To those of you who are willing to give so abundantly. I can't do this work of the gospel if I don't pay the radio station. And this month is one of the longest broadcast months of the year. 23 days. But I'm also very grateful for those of you who are willing to submit to the Holy Spirit and allow him to change you. Last night in our prayer meeting, one of the people who was there was talking about how excited they are about the the growth going on in their life as they listen to the voice of God, as he speaks with them, as he answers their prayer about about things that he prays for in his life. And he sees God answering those prayers and, and his heart is being encouraged to go deeper with Jesus. I pray that's your experience too, wherever you are today, that your heart is growing in Jesus and that you're trusting him more day by day because very soon, The storm is going to break in full force upon us in America. And if you have not learned how to reach out and touch the throne of God, if you've not learned how to have your prayers answered by Almighty God, where will you be when you have no food and shelter and you can't reach Jesus because you're too far away from him? I want Jesus. I'm going to continue reading. Intercession is more than the Spirit sharing his groanings with us and living his life of sacrifice for the world through us. It is the Spirit gaining his ends of abundant grace. If the intercessor knows identification and agony, he also knows authority. It is the law of the corn of wheat, the harvest. If it die, it brings forth much fruit. Intercession is not substitution for sin. There's only ever been one substitute for a world of sinners, Jesus, the Son of God. But intercession so identifies the intercessor with the sufferer that gives him a prevailing place with God. He moves God. He even causes him to change his mind. He gains his objective, or rather the Spirit gains it through him. Thus Moses, by intercession, became the Savior of Israel and prevented their destruction. And we can have little doubt that Paul's supreme act of intercession for God's chosen people resulted in the great revelation given him at that time of worldwide evangelism. And the final salvation of Israel, Romans chapters 10 and 11. I know today 
that God wants to use you. But he cannot use you if you are full of your own bitterness and your own anger and your own agenda. And all you do, if you pray at all, is go to God and ask him for presence. You treat him like a Santa Claus. You make him into a cotton candy Jesus. No, that's not what it's about. It's about laying our life down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the kingdom of God that is all important for our hearts. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. It is making that transition from providing for ourselves to God himself providing for us by the Spirit through the blood of Jesus. And then as we follow his direction, our places of employment become places of exquisite ministry. Will we be persecuted? Yes. Is that okay with you? Have you made that agreement with God that he can use you in any way he chooses to further the kingdom of God? Have you laid on the line all of your money so that you can say, I am invested in the kingdom of God? I wrote a letter to one dear brother. I've known this man, met him many years ago. I've known him probably 20 or 25 years that I've been on the radio. He was one of the first ones to say, Pastor, I'm going to stand with you. He used to give $1,000 every month. He doesn't now because others have stepped up and are also giving. But this dear man, his heart cry is to bless ministries. And so he has a whole list of ministries that he constantly reaches out to, that he supports financially. He doesn't care about a new car. He doesn't care about things of this world. He cares about the work of the gospel of Jesus. That's his testimony. I wrote a letter this week to this man and said, Brother, I appreciate you so much. What I appreciate about you is your absolute commitment and love for Jesus Christ. You have laid your life down for him. Thank you. It's been a great honor to know you. I feel that way about many of you. You see Alex show up on the chat line. I won't embarrass him, but I will say Alex is one of those men who has laid it all down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's a brother I dearly love. I've met him, we've fellowshiped, we've eaten together. He's a person who, with all of his heart, with every breath he takes, he is there for Jesus. So you have a decision to make. The storm is almost, yea, it is now beginning to break upon America. 
we are seeing things happen that are astonishing. You have a decision to make. Are you going to give your life into the hand of Jesus Christ? And are you going to let go of your own life, your own will, your own wants? And will you follow Jesus? Now, sometimes people will call me and they're so full of themselves, of their trauma, of their difficulty. They're so full of the struggle they're in that they have no room for Jesus. Oh, they're very religious, but they have no room for Jesus. And I'm asking people, lay down your own life. Make yourself available to Jesus for him to use in any way he chooses. And some of you he will only use in the depths of the prayer closet. Charles Finney had a man who laid down his life to pray for the revivals that Charles Finney was involved in. And when this man died, when he was pulled out, the big public revival suddenly stopped for Charles Finney because there was no one interceding like this man laid down his life. Will you lay your life down for Jesus? Whether it's in the prayer closet or in giving of money or of public witness, will you lay down your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that he can put his burden upon you. He can put his joy in you. He can call you forth into the heavenly realm to fellowship with Jesus. What I want more than anything else is the full fellowship with Jesus Christ. Right now, I'm in a place where he's called me to do the broadcast, to pastor a small group of people in my home, and to spend a great deal of time in Scripture and prayer. And that's what I dedicate my time to. Fasting and prayer waiting on God, knowing that he will come in great power. I know that as we move into the fall time, and then as we move into the winter, America will enter its winter. And there will be great pain and suffering in Europe and in America. And you can become angry and bitter and say, why is God doing this and where is God at? I've prayed and this is happening. No. Lay your life down for Jesus Christ. Step into what he's calling you to step into. 
I don't know what that is. The Holy Spirit has to tell you what that is. But I do know this. Only what the Holy Spirit calls you to will be successful. And it's not going to be worthwhile for you to have some great intellectual understanding or some rich inner life. No, it's got to be a life in Jesus Christ. It has to be a life in Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Almighty God, I come inviting my brothers and sisters to lay their life down and to enter into the fullness, the fullness of your love and grace and mercy, to enter fully into the Holy Spirit. Lord, I come asking, according to Luke, the 11th chapter, for the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon your church. I ask that you would do whatever is necessary to get the American church to turn its head toward you and toward heaven. I ask if necessary that you would crash the big piles of brush that pastors have worked so hard to pile up to become somebody, to be recognized, to be big business. Lord, I pray that you will deal with all of this wicked foolishness. I pray, Lord, that you would come in power and meet us today. Lord, I praise your name. And I thank you for your kindness. I thank you, Lord. Well, I invite you today to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. And there you'll find CDs, you'll find messages, you'll find internet radio, you'll find all kinds of things to encourage you on this journey of holiness and entering into the Holy Spirit. You can also give online. I invite you to do so. You can also find our address where you can send your offerings. I pray today has been helpful to you. I apologize that we've not been able to have a full day of prayer. Kayla called from Alaska. Kayla, I'm sorry we missed your prayer. And many others that would have prayed if we had had an open line. I pray that we will have the finances to repair this and get it set up right. So God bless you, my brother, my sister. I trust what Jesus is doing in us. I trust what Jesus is doing in you. And I pray you have a weekend of quietness before the Lord.
seeking his face, praying. You're welcome to come and worship with the National Prayer Chapel. We are a small house church. Don't come if you're not serious about Jesus. But if your heart is hungry, then I invite you to come. We're located in Woodbridge, Virginia, 5009 Softwood Lane, 22192. We begin worship at it formally at 10, but we begin praying before that. Just find the house and walk on in. Come and sit down and join us and pray. And then at 12, we have a lunch together. And then time just to fellowship afterward. We also have a Thursday night prayer meeting where we are reading Reese Howell's The Intercessor, Intercessor by Norman Grubb. You're welcome to join us for that at 7 p.m. at the house, 5009 Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia. Well, we're out of time for today. I love you. I look forward to hearing from you, and I look forward to seeing you. I'll talk to you soon. To keep you from falling and to present you blameless Before the presence of His glory With great joy With great joy Now unto Him who is able from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with